Welcome to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. All right, perfect. So uh, with the first question, which Jessica McMullen, uh, you actually dropped it in here and I'm excited that you guys voted this up because I actually wanted to talk about this. So uh, what Jessica asked was just, what are your best tips for motivating client users? So Jessica, if you don't mind uh, maybe coming off of mute and giving us a little bit more context, maybe what, what prompted this question uh, you know, what are, what are some things you might be experiencing or maybe you've experienced in the past um, that just kind of prompted this type of question for today's discussion? Sure. So one of my company values is candid. So I'll just be candid. I have a call at two o'clock today with a group <laughs> that are, I, I work with a ton of clients who love my product and use it and find value. And I've got one client that's just like, they've never really gotten in and used it and they haven't found their value. Um, so I know the basics of ask them their pain points, draw the line of sight, see if that'll work. But I was just wondering if there was other ideas people have used with success out there in the world. Hey Jessica, awesome. just curious, why did they buy it? Why did they buy this offer to begin with? Um, the vice president of sales bought it for her team and now the team isn't using it and she's a very laissez-faire leader and is like, I can't make them use it. And I'm like, my boss makes me do things all the time. I don't know where you live. <laughs> It, well, it's interesting, right? Because it, it kind of yeah. lives in this change management space that is a little bit outside of your product, right? Like it's a little more, um, and I think this is an interesting question we get all the time because it's like, how do you then kind of transition out of this, helping them do something in the tool and transition into what are your business processes like? What's your team? What's the camaraderie like? What are your relationships like internally, right? Like you have to start kind of getting into a couple of questions that might even kind of expand our horizons of what we're doing. But it looks like we've got a couple of folks raising their hands. Scott Hopper, awesome to see you here today. Um, what, what are some of your thoughts there that might be able to help Jessica? Uh, really ask them some open-ended questions. Think of, think of some unique ways people are using your software that maybe they haven't seen. You know, maybe they know the one, two, three things that they were pitched on, but maybe they don't know, you know, the 10th thing on the list that may be the one thing they're trying to do. And, you know, ask them if there's what, what fears they have about being successful with the product. You know, what, what's, what's holding you back from executing or using, using the product? What aren't we doing to get you want to be inside of it, you know, two, three hours a day or whatever you expect an average user to be? Yeah, it's helpful, Scott. And I think a couple of things that that just triggered for me too, Jessica, um, along these lines that you might be able, might be able to take into your two o'clock meeting. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll fit exactly in, but you know, what's the, are there other VPs of sales inside of your customer base that you could actually just make a peer to peer connection and say, Hey, I know you're struggling with getting your team using it. Let me introduce you to this VP of sales over here. Who's had success doing that. Like that is a, to me, I've always seen that as a powerful way to try and then you don't necessarily have to come up with all the answers. You're just making the connection. And again, you kind of get the goodwill of, of making that connection over time. The second thing I think is, um, working maybe with your customer success operations team or your customer success leader, whoever that might be, but just is there a way that we can maybe send a couple of questions or a survey out to the actual end users in this account specifically and ask them just to Scott's point, like, why aren't you using the tool? Like, is it cumbersome? Does it, you know, is it hurt your workflow? Like, what are the, the couple of reasons? And then if you can find what those top reasons are, hopefully that gives you a little bit more of a playbook to kind of map into like, 
hey, you know, I know you have these challenges. Here's how we can address some of these things. Um, because again, I think the, the challenge for you right now is just not having any idea into that, right? Like not, you don't have the glimpse of like, what is it really like in their day-to-day potentially that could be hurting? So I think those two things really came to mind for me as Scott was talking. Uh, and I think it should, making that peer-to-peer introduction could be really powerful um, from what we've seen. Uh, Michael Ucchiato, did I say it right this time? But you butcher it every time, Jeff. It's all, it's a bucciolato, like, like a gelato. Like a I'm going to get this one time. It's Hey, this is on record. I'm pretty much recording it every time. What are these? <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what are some thoughts that you've got for, I might just start saying Michael and then you just know it's you. Um, what are some of your thoughts for Jessica today? I think, I think Scott made a good point. Um, even though I think it's important that you have to earn the right to ask those questions. So from my experience, I think, you know, it, it always helps to, to build rapport and build it early. So Specifically, when it comes to end users, where I've seen success in the past is, you know, if it's a group of them, leveraging one or two of them that is a champion and you're seeing positive usage from and getting them one-on-one, you know, talking to them one-on-one and asking them, hey, you know, how can we get the rest of the team motivated? You know, what, what, what are they looking to achieve personally? Or, or even if you feel comfortable getting that person one-on-one, I think, you know, that's an opportunity for you to, to ask those open-ended questions and try and understand as a professional, what they're you know, hoping to achieve outside of you know, how they're using your product and, and to see where you can help them. Um, I think, you know, Jeff, you made a good point, like trying to leverage your network of customers. You know, how could you potentially help them achieve what they're looking for? You know, do you guys have like a community that you can get them a part of, like webinars? You know, what are we, I think those are all things that you can look to uncover to help move them forward as a professional outside of them using your tool. So I think, um, to recap, kind of building rapport early on, um, leveraging your champions and a one-on-one discussion. I think, you know, as you start to ask those type of questions in a group situation, you're not going to get the answers that you want. Um, and then get them involved other ways, you know, you know, be that, that kind of customer advocate, um, link them to other customers, community groups, you know, whatever's kind of in your, your arsenal to add value at every touch. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. I think those are, are good, good additions there too. Yeah, especially the community piece. Um, if you can kind of get, again, get them into some sort of web, right, where you, you've got some successful customers that can kind of help move the needle. Um, Chris Nesbitt, I see your hand raised. What are some of your thoughts here? Hi, well, I, the, that song came into my mind. I think it's an old Willie Nelson song, like going back to the start. I think it is. I think Coldplay did a did a version of it. Anyway, just thinking about retraining. Maybe they need to, you know, go right back and and get onboarded again as a as a team as a as a as a unit. I'm not sure. It seems to be a bit of a disconnect between their their VP's direction and what the the team's understanding or why they're not motivated to to do this. So maybe they don't understand how the product works. I think Scott mentioned that as well. And maybe that's just a a place to to think about if they wanted to to really dive in and understand what uh, what it is that the product does for them. And maybe they missed uh, some of the training along the way. Yeah, that's a great point. And even that that can help probably even reset expectations too, right? They can kind of go back through and uh, make sure and reaffirm why they bought and, you know, Maybe even have kind of your executive champion along with your your users right in the same room saying, hey, this is the reason you bought. These are the things that, you know, we're going to set to accomplish on this success plan uh, that we've got. And kind of reaffirming that with, with that entire group to maybe try and even drive some alignment internally. Again, it's not necessarily our job, right? Like it should be happening on their end to drive alignment on, on why they purchased kind of back to Ty's original point. But sometimes we might have to kind of grease the skids to try and help that discussion happen um, and help that move along. Um, 
I'm going to call on Anastasia and I know there's a couple more hands raised, but we'll, we'll uh, probably move on questions after this just to get to, I know there's a ton more. So um, for the, a couple others of you, we'll, we'll try and get you looped into a couple other questions, but um, Anastasia, what, what kind of thoughts do you have here? So my thought is the VP had a clear reason why she bought that product. She's not going to buy the product to just for the sake of buying a product. What were the challenges she's hoping to address? And then once you have that information, what their pain points, maybe highlight, uh, think about some of the customers that had great successes and the product brought them a lot of value and figure out where they're going to, what, figure it out that they were able to be successful with that and just highlight the champions. And maybe, yeah. but to maybe have a conversation, maybe once you figure out what those pain points are and why they're not using, and you have a champion to Scott's point, you, you're able to bridge the gap and maybe have them talk to each other. Like, hey, we're, they're dealing with the same uh, challenges. They were able to successfully find value and successfully use it, and they'll be able to move forward. Yeah, I think it's a great point. Going back to that, again, kind of Ty's point, I think originally, which was around the What's the reason they purchased? You know, why? Are they, what are they hoping to accomplish out of this? And how do we realign expectations across the entire group? Um, I think is just what the a lot of the consensus is here. So, um, so Jessica, I think a couple of things that we heard was just you know how to realign expectations around the reason they bought. Uh, what are some of the ways that you can try drive that discussion internally for that group? Um, second thing I think is maybe thinking about peer to peer connections for that vice president, maybe who's struggling with getting adoption from their users. You know, where have you seen that successful? Who else can you make the introduction to um, on their side? You know, I think Michael mentioned trying to get them looped into uh, a couple other, if there are webinars, there's other things that we can drive from a, a digital adoption perspective, uh, kind of flowing into Chris's point as well. Maybe they have to go through adoption or kind of training again, right? We have to kind of put them through the paces back through the cycle just to realign expectations and kind of get everybody back onto the same page. So uh, another point that Scott just made, which I really liked too, is think about the small victories and how you start to socialize those. Um, even if it's somebody logged into the tool that hadn't before, or even if it, they took their first action, something like that, you can start to evangelize and build momentum around because I think the more you can do that, um, those small victories turn into bigger ones down the road, but you kind of have to create the snowball sometimes when there's a team that's, that's uh, kind of, you know, butting heads a little bit, but um, hopefully it gives you some thoughts, Jessica, and hopefully your, your meeting will be, we'll, we'll look next week. I'll make a note, maybe uh, on our office hours next week, we'll get an update on, on how the discussion goes. And hopefully some of these things are, are useful for you as you go into that discussion. Awesome. Uh, Alex Tran, awesome to see you here today. So uh, next question that we had was from Alex and he had mentioned, uh, how do you measure health score for one to many tech touch? Uh, I work for Gainsight and we use the DEER framework. So deployment, engagement, adoption, and ROI. Uh, so if you don't mind, Alex, I might have you come off of mute and maybe explain a little bit more just about um, how your health score works, how you think about this framework of deployment, engagement, adoption, and ROI. Maybe give us a little bit of context there and then we can um, kind of get the group to start chiming in. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, Jeff. Um, so I am building out the whole tech touch program for Gainsight. Historically, we've always been pretty high touch. So each customer had their own CSM. Um, but now we're exploring the realm of tech touch, which is pretty crazy. Um, so uh, what I'm struggling with is just how do you have a health score for one to many in tech touch? Like um, these customers don't have a dedicated CSM. So we use the Deer framework, which is deployment. Um, are they implemented engagement, which is pretty much like executive alignment adoption? Are they using our features and ROI? Are they getting verified outcomes? Um, where I'm particularly struggling with specifically is on the engagement and also the ROI piece. Um, what I have so far for ROI is like an automated survey that goes out every six months saying, Hey, did you, did you meet your goals? Basically, um, on the engagement piece, 
Um, we're, I'm thinking of doing like every, like every four months or so, have an executive reach out to them and schedule a call. Um, and also doing like office hours for customers and promoting that in the community. And if they attend office hours, then I track that as engagement. Um, and then, yeah. And if they send an email to our, um, like our public, um, like if, if they submit like a request for best practice, then we have like a CS team that answers their question. And so, yeah, pretty much I, I'm, I'm trying to get a grasp on how do you have, like, what's the best practice for measuring engagement? Because there's so many pieces that you can do. Awesome. Yeah, it's really helpful, Alex. And I think, um, hopefully there's a couple in the group who will, who will uh, be able to share some insights just around some of their health scores and how they think about, um, some of these touch points. And I love the, the point that you mentioned just around, um, your adoption and ROI piece as being kind of the area or engagement and ROI piece as being areas maybe that you're, you're looking for. So, um, so if you guys have any thoughts, uh, Kevin Leonard, it looks like you've got um, your hand raised. What are, what are some of your thoughts here as you think about helping, uh, helping Alex with. Well, when it comes to engagement, some of the ways that, um, I've been able to kind of do that from, I, I have some smaller accounts that, um, are, we'll, we'll call them more low touch. Um, how I'm, uh, gauging whether or not uh, they either need to be um, re-engaged or if they need to, um, if we need to start hitting them up more uh, on, a, on the tech touch side, then um, I usually take a look at a few things. Um, the first is uh, how often are, are they putting in tickets? Uh, how many hours are they spending uh, inside of the app? Um, and actually that the hours that they spend inside of the app too also is another measurement of, of ROI that I also send over uh, through, through EBRs for those accounts. Um, and is actually a really good one because it doesn't require any, uh, any input from the customer because all of the information is uh, received through our business intelligence tool. So we don't need to know um, any changes uh, to the customer's uh, revenue, any changes to uh, their, uh, their cost of doing business or any changes uh, to their productivity. It's a, a very simple ROI that we could also provide. This is how much you're paying us uh, on a monthly basis. This is how many hours uh, that your team is spending inside of the uh, of the app on a monthly basis. Uh, so that's probably one of the easiest uh, ways to do ROI from a tech touch uh, standpoint, uh, because almost all the other uh, other ways to measure ROI, you do need input from the customer um, to learn any uh, deltas in uh, the way that they do business. Yeah, it's helpful, um, Kevin. I think one of the things, Alex, that we're thinking about um, right now that might help give some context. So we're, we're looking at training sessions. Uh, so we're trying to get our LMS hooked into um, some of the, the data points that we have. And so trying to understand, are they attending webinars? Are they attending trainings as a part of that engagement piece? We see that as kind of an engagement mechanism um, it, from our standpoint, just because we're putting on things kind of regularly that they should be attending, that they can be looking at. Um, given that we're community, community software as well, we're trying to actually look into our community. So when is the last time they posted in our community? Are they an active user? Have they logged in? But another piece, just are they staying active and logging in? Are they looking at um, some discussion threads? So um, it's another piece that we're trying to look at. So LMS, our community, um, another, another one that we're diving into um, right now as well is that we are starting to think about tracks that we can lay with some of our content. And so depending on the maturity of where their business is, uh, so kind of you know, where do they sit maybe in terms of revenue scale, where do they sit in the market, um, where do they sit in terms of business maturity kind of fits them into one of five buckets, we'll say. 
And then we're developing content that kind of fits that track. And so we're trying to understand, are they consuming that content? Is that something that they're engaging with? Um, and if not, we're actually triggering um, an email or an outreach that says, hey, you know, we, we see you haven't engaged with this content. Is this, you know, missing the mark in some way? How can we better tailor the content to what you need it to look like? Um, and trying to get that response in real time so that we can make those adjustments. So those are three things that we're thinking about from the engagement piece. Um, the ROI for us is also a little bit harder. Um, so I'm just similar to you. Like it's, you know, we, we've got some calculations that we can make in terms of uh, community, you know, so uh, how many active users did they have? What might be happening in the software in terms of quality of engagement? Uh, but at the same time, it doesn't really impact business outcomes. And so that's where we're trying to figure out how do we make that jump as well. Um, we haven't really figured figured that out yet. Uh, so I'll have, to, I'll have to keep you in tune on when we do that. But those are a couple of things maybe that just to, to think about that might be helpful. Um, Nathan Peterson, I'm going to put you on the spot for a minute. I know you, you mentioned in the chat that you um, said you're struggling with some of these right now as well. Uh, so what are what's kind of happening in, in your side of the organization or as you look at this? Um, I know, Nathan, you kind of mentioned before, too, you've got customers kind of all across the spectrum. So I'm curious, just uh, how are you guys trying to tackle this? You know, are you looking at similar, at least similar frameworks, maybe to what Alex is looking at? Or is there something different? Nope. Yep. Uh, Alex, like, just nailed it. <laughs> exactly what he said. Um, that's exactly where we're, we're finding that, that same rub of trying to figure out what is the trick or the measurement for how we figure out engagement? How do we figure out uh, ROI? Like, <laughs> what are we what are we measuring to say, uh-oh, this person's in a bad spot. Um, and actually, Jeff, to your point, we are looking at similar things, uh, tracks to kind of maybe put people in certain categories or buckets to say, all right, these customers are performing X, Y, Z. These customers are performing X, Y, Z. These customers are performing X, Y, Z. How do we try to segment those people and then look at the engagement in maybe a unique way to each of those kinds of segments so that we're not just, oh, well, they're they're an enterprise customer, so you know they're going to operate this way. It's like, well, they're an enterprise customer that's going to be franchised. That's different than an enterprise customer that's centralized. So, okay, those are two different tracks then, right? And so then our engagements are going to shift based on those. But again, it's a lot of heavy lifting right now for our team to try to figure out like, all right, just for those two examples, like what does that look like and how are we tracking to know uh, when they maybe dip into a spot of, of danger or at risk um, that we need to step in? And at what point can we say, all right, our tech touch maybe is doing what it needs to do there in order to keep them happy, keep them engaged um, for what they need. Yeah, that's helpful. Awesome. Uh, Jeremy Donaldson, looks like you've got your hands right, hand raised. What are some of your thoughts here for Alex? Yeah, so the, the two things that jump to mind is uh, one is we actually use a um, like a COVID impact. I know this is more unique to the current situation than potentially longer term, but we actually created a COVID impact um, that it could either be updated based on the customer reaching out to us saying, hey, we are in a heavily impacted industry um, so that we could flag accounts for the, that risk. Or if the CSM notices something like maybe they saw an article in the news or they may just be aware of like the industry that they end, the CSM can raise their hand. Um, it's not a huge percentage of the overall account, but it is something there. The other piece is that we're, we're looking at here as well is um, see, customer success isn't the only part of the organization that touches the account. So um, tracking how the customer interacts with, let's say, marketing team or product management or um, I think somebody mentioned about it going to events and things. So being able to um, understand what is the touch point, if, even if you as the CSM can't touch that account every month, how, how are they engaging either via email or through events or through other departments that maybe the CSM may not be aware of um, and making sure that if there's literally zero engagement across the board, then there, there's a, there may be a cause for concern there. But if they are engaging with other 
other departments, it's not necessarily as important for the, the customer success manager to be um, on the phone with the customer every single second of the day to make sure that they're going to retain. So those are the only other two pieces I was going to add that I didn't hear uh, brought up earlier in the call. Awesome. Uh, Brendan Hickey, let's hit on you and then we'll, uh, we'll jump to the next question here. Cool. Yeah, I just wanted to echo something Kevin mentioned um, that we found success with here uh, in my organization. So Kevin mentioned kind of leveraging support. And so we've found really just that healthy mix of um, obviously if, if a customer is reaching out to a support team, it means they're engaged, they're using the platform, albeit they could be running into actual product issues. They could be asking questions. They could be asking to help them with something. So um, measuring that engagement and that proactive outreach from the customer to support has been a healthy indicator. Um, obviously you don't want that number to be like a hundred times per month, but kind of finding that balance between, okay, between five and 10 is healthy. Um, anything less, it means they're not really active. They're not really coming up on stumbling blocks. They're not really engaging in the product. Um, obviously depends on a couple factors of the support team, but we found success in capturing just the sheer number and then kind of boiling it down into different, uh, different issue types, right? Is this actually a, a product bug or is this actually a question that is actually and kind of weighing those differently, right? A question about how to do something in the product is a lot kind of weighted a little more higher than um, an actual product issue, right? Where they ran into something. So it's kind of in our overall health score, but it has come helpful when we think about tech touch where you can't, uh, you can't really ask them every single day how that engagement looks. Yeah, it's a really good point you just made too, Brandon, just about the fact that sometimes we get scared when customers reach out to support, right? It's like, you know, something's broken here on fire, but at the same time, like, as long as we get a timely answer, that's, you know, it's, that's what support's there to do. And then if we can leverage the right information, you know, is it something that not only they're struggling with and it becomes a bug and then other, other customers we need to alert and we can kind of use that to help us be proactive, hopefully, and get ahead of that. Or um, this customer is reaching out about this particular area of the product and maybe we actually have content that we can then put them into a track or put them into something that we can actually get delivered on as well, which I think is really useful. Um, to think about. Awesome. Um, well, it looks like we've got uh, a couple of things there, Alex. Hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully you got a couple of good good uh, anecdotes uh, as we go. I'll also go through that question in, in our Gain Grow Retain community because I think that would be really interesting to see uh, just a cross section of people uh, go answer, but appreciate you joining today. Oh, the last piece I was going to mention, Ty. Uh, Ty had a good thought here in the um, chat window as well. Like what's the, mo what's the point of value that you're really thinking about as you engage them at each of these steps or you're implementing these programs, right? Like the Sometimes I think we get caught up in the trigger and we don't think about the action and the, and the why behind it and what's in it for the customers. So just thinking about, you know, yes, we want the trigger. Yes, we want the data. But if we don't have an action and we don't have a point of value for the customer, then, it, then it's going to be deflating. So thinking about the back end a lot uh, in that mechanism. So I really like that point you, you brought up, Ty. Um, one, of these, one of these days, Ty, I'm going to get you uh, off of mute and uh, so you can, you know, say these yourself instead of just in the chat window. Well, I'll, I'll find that time here soon. Um, perfect. This could be maybe a quick question. Um, looks like everybody uh, had uploaded this one just around what core traits or questions do you ask? Uh, do you look for when interviewing, interviewing senior CSMs? I think this is a little more geared towards um, some leadership. I don't know if there's anybody here from a leadership perspective who wants to maybe give some, some anecdotes. It might be good for a couple of the individual contributors and CSMs on the call to, to gain some perspective on like what, what skills are important, what they should be thinking about, but I'm not sure if anybody comes to mind um, or if anybody wants to raise their hand really quickly or we can scoop past it. Going once, we might be scooting past it. I'll give you one quick, one quick nugget or two quick nuggets to think about. Um, and Kevin Lienar, then I'll let you chime in for a minute. But uh, two quick nuggets, maybe you think about is just uh, I think a lot of times when you think about senior CSM, you're typically whether you're handling renewals, upsell, cross sell, just being comfortable talking about contracts. I think becomes a, a big mechanism whether you're actually executing that or not. Like you just have to understand the mechanisms behind the actual contract itself. What are the levers that we have? 
why do we have them in place? What's the, you know, what are we as a business willing to take on some of those contracts versus not so that we can position those things the right way? So I think just trying to get more comfortable around the monetary and the fiscal kind of compensation component or uh, contract component, excuse me, I think it's just something to think about as you look for that senior CSM position. Again, you don't necessarily have to go execute all those things, but just being comfortable understanding and talking about those um, is something to consider there. And then I think the second thing is um, how are you helping to contribute not only outside, just outside of your customer base, right? What are you, what are you building in your customer segment or what are you building amongst your customers? But then how are you leveraging that with your other CSM team members, with your other groups? How are you kind of genericizing it and thinking about that content delivery? Cause it can be used for so many other customers. So um, how are you kind of bringing that stuff out to the broader group? I think is the second thing that we, we are looking for right now in our, a lot of our team members um, and something that I think just can be helpful um, is thinking about how can you leverage content and the information that you're producing for your customer segment? Because I guarantee you it's, it can be used across segment, other customers, we can leverage it in marketing. There's so many different ways that that can be leveraged. Just thinking about that. Uh, but Kevin, what, what's your thought to hit on before we move on to the next one? Well, there's a couple of things. I did a consulting project with a startup, and this was something that they needed help with too, which was interviewing for senior CSMs. So one of the things that I identify as very important is to show a level of problem-solving skills that you can show how you're leveraging the software uh, in different ways to really be able to impact uh, some of those goals and that uh, that the customer has. Uh, so one of the questions that I typically ask to uh, get that uh, get that answer um, is, tell me about uh, your your best customer. Uh, and typically, um, I also learn behaviors too when I ask that question. Uh, sometimes I'll get, oh, I've got this customer that's, uh, they're, they're great, uh, very, uh, very low key. They, uh, they don't ask too many questions. They only reach out if they need anything, uh, but they keep buying. What that tells me about you as a CSM is that you're not really uh, willing to get into the weeds with this, with this customer. And you, um, your goal is to get them to a point where they don't need you. Um, if, but if I hear something to the effect of, oh, I've got this customer, um, we've, we've worked on several projects together, and I, I'm proud of how uh, far they've come after uh, working with them for the last two years, uh, and this is how much ROI they've gotten, we've also been able to uh, find new creative ways to be able to use the app together. Uh, then that's something where I'm hearing, okay, this is a problem solver. This is somebody that is going to be uh, doing this for every single one of our, my customers. Uh, and when you're a senior CSM, you're expected to do a lot more uh, on that level. Yeah, that's a great point, Kevin. And one thing Travis just added in the chat too. So willingness and effectiveness of professionally pushing back on customers. I think that's a great one, right? Um, and a lot of times we're getting put into situations where we need to think about not only what's what the customer wants right now in the moment or more about, you know, what do they need over time? Um, and so how do we give that to them in the right way? Pushing back is a good one. Uh, Travis mentioned also looking at the challenger mentality or the challenger methodology, which is a sales methodology. There's a couple out there that you can go look up as well um, that you can probably find some, uh, some sheets on some just one sheeters. There's tons of, tons of content out there and just even just familiarizing yourself with some of those is probably going to be really helpful. Um, I love that. So we've got about five minutes and I wanted to touch on this question because I thought it was really interesting. Um, but who are the core personas you should work with as a CSM? People managers, sponsors, influencers, others. Um, I think this, there's a lot of context that can probably be provided to this, right? Like it depends on which segment of the customer base we're in, which, um, you know, what type of industry we're in, all that kind of stuff. But I think maybe just at the core of it, like how do you think about using some of these personas in these companies um, to help you? And so I don't know if, if anybody wants to come off mute for the last five minutes, um, throw up their hand, maybe just talk about 
again, what, what do some of these positions mean to you? How can you use them to your advantage? What types of relationships can you strike? Where they can be helpful? Um, I think that would be a good way to maybe take this question. Um, awesome. Scott, what are your thoughts here? Uh, one of the things is you really got to know the role of your, your primary contact and really focus on their needs first, and then you can kind of reach out beyond that. Uh, you know, we had, we had a sponsor that, uh, you know, was really into support at one point. The other one was very much into features that admins had requested. And, you know, so we concentrated on pushing those things. Uh, so you, that's, that's one avenue you got you to gotta look at, obviously, is your, your main point of contact and pleasing them first and, and finding out how to solve their goals. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And thinking just too about like, how do you start thinking about relationship maps and how these positions potentially map into the organization? So, you know, a title of director usually means that they're doing this. A title of VP usually means that they're doing X um, and start to come up with your own kind of matrix and then starting to think about, to your point, Scott, like what is that VP position typically trying to accomplish? Uh, what is that director trying to accomplish, right? And it's not going to fit exactly, but if you can start to build a framework and kind of a, a, a grid to yourself that you can kind of keep in mind, then that hopefully helps you to think about how you can leverage those positions to help you drive what you need to um, in the organization. So, Bertel, what are your thoughts real quick? And then I'm going to hit on some last announcements. Great. Uh, that's a great question. Love it. I think he's all set, as you said, Jeff, with uh, designing an org chat. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to answer that by sharing a, a professional story I had with a, a client. Um, the uh, power was the head of sales and they were, um, he was not very engaged. I found my champion underneath this person who was very engaged because um, is, she was eager to grow in the company and to become the new VP of sales. Long story short, I was able to make her a champion and she was able to really dive into the weed of what the company was looking to achieve and deliver and when because that, that was serving her to deliver to the CEO what was really top of mind and not just hiding behind an, the, the wall of what was already available like the current VP of sales was doing. And so it's beyond, I think it's, it goes beyond the title because you go from marketing to finance. Title might change. It's really about the individual contribution and how this individual will leverage your product for his or her own goals, professional, and help this person to achieve those goals. And I've seen then this client is doing really, really well with us. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And uh, I had a boss one time who told me that if you can help your champion get promoted, that's like the ultimate win. That's going to be the ultimate, the individual accolades that are going to come with that. If you can make them the champion, then clearly you're going to have kind of a friend for life. So um, awesome. Well, I appreciate all the questions today, the discussion. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed the breakout sessions. If we're going to be doing this, please share this uh, with your friends if you want them to come enjoy, talk. Uh, we're trying to grow this uh, type of setting. We're trying to get, ultimately, I would love if we had to break out into two rooms because we have too many people. That would be the ultimate goal. But uh, we're trying to keep it intimate. And so we'll, we'll do that at the right times. But uh, appreciate everyone. I just threw the link into Nils' leadership session if that's interesting to you. Uh, go to our events section. We're trying to add things there all the time. We'll see you next Tuesday at 1130 uh, back here for the same spot. We'll, we'll be running the same play uh, as we did this week. If you have any feedback, have any thoughts, if you want to get involved, shoot me an email, jeff at customerimperative.com. Still works. Uh, so shoot me an email there. I'm always happy to engage and try and bring people in. But appreciate the discussion. Hope you guys have a good rest of the week and we'll talk to you all again soon. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.